All right, everybody, welcome back into Mining Stock Daily on this Wednesday. Got some corporate updates lined up for you today, and we're going to kick those off with one from Visla Copper. They do trade on the Venture Exchange with VCU and on the OTCQB with VCUFF. Uh, it was a rather quiet news day, actually, but this one really is one of the big headlines. There was some mergers and acquisitions happening as Visla Copper has decided to acquire uh, all of the uh, issued and outstanding common shares of companies called Universal Copper. This was a company I was unfamiliar with, uh, but it comes with a very interesting project. Happy to welcome in Chairman Craig Perry to talk about this deal. Hey, Craig. Hey, Trevor. Great to be with you again. Yeah, yeah. All right. So can I break this down for us? Where were you seeing at Universal that uh, you wanted to get your hands on and talk about the deal? Well, look, it's another thing. I, I suppose when we started Visla Copper, it was with the strategy to go and put our foot on as much good copper in British Columbia and Canada as we can. So this is right on strategy for us. Uh, you know, universal, something of a bargain, uh, and that was important. I suppose what we're seeing out there at the moment, firstly, investors are screaming out for consolidation. Too much money's being spent on GNA uh, and and promotion and not, uh, not enough on drill holes and development of copper projects. Um, so this is sort of, uh, again, part of that uh, that consolidation strategy that we're deploying there. Of course, we acquired uh, consolidated wood jam late, um, uh, late uh, 2022. Um, and there we acquired, what, two, nearly 2 billion pounds of copper and, and a million ounces of gold at about a half percent copper equivalent. Uh, we've continued that theme here, um, acquiring, uh, you know, 32,000 hectares, uh, the poplar deposit, uh, that that's sort of, um, you know, there's about 170 million tonnes in inferred and about 130 million tonnes in, uh, sorry, indicated and 130 million tonnes in inferred, getting close to that 0.5% copper grade again. And that's for the princely sum of about $2.3 million worth of Wiesler copper stock. So very, very cheap. And, and that's the message here is that right at the moment in this market, it's cheaper to go and buy pounds in the ground and quality pounds than it is to drill for them right now. Uh, so that presents an opportunity and allows us to, to stay on strategy, acquiring good projects like this, this uh, Poplar project. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about this popular project. And I want to, I want to know what you're seeing, Craig. Uh, you know, a lot of us would take a look at that resource here and, and maybe be critical of it. You know, it's, it's maybe the grade's just not there. But uh, we also know that uh, grades can be improved. We're seeing a lot of great examples of that. I mean, that NAC project up in BC has been a great example of a historical project that maybe got uh, uh, forgotten about. And then new eyes and new drill results uh, really have taken it by storm, taken the market by storm. So I, I guess maybe what are you seeing, Craig, with this project that maybe it just needs fresh eyes? And what are you going to do differently? Yeah, look, I think it does. Firstly, it's a little bit like our wood jam property. Of course, at wood jam, you, you know, there's... So we know there are more discoveries to be made there. Uh, this project has had a little bit of money spent on it. You know, the, the great thing about poplar itself, the porphyry outcrop, so you're getting mineralisation from the surface. The grade is, whilst it's not a world beater at the moment, it's reasonable, and there's certainly some higher grade hits within the pro, in, within the porphyry the known porphyry that, that will continue to deliver for us. But the guys were fortunate there, as it outcrops, um, they quickly made a discovery and quickly drilled that out. There's been over 45,000 metres uh, drilled there, and 
um, about $15 million in today's dollars spent on the project drilling out that resource. It's had very little exploration elsewhere and there's certainly a lot of other targets. It's again a very big property. It's a district scale property, 32 million hectares. Um, uh, sorry, 30, uh, 39 million, uh, 39,000 hectares. I'm <laughs> trouble with my worms today. Um, <laughs> the, uh, so it's a big property. There are lots of smoke there. We know that there's likely to be other porphyries discovered. Who knows what sort of grades they carry? Um, you know, a little bit like wood jam. There's some spectacular grades on that property. We think that they'll be out here today. It's an interesting part of the world. Very good access. We're 30 kilometres south of the town of Houston, which sits on the, the major highway there running up through British Columbia. Uh, and it's only 30 kilometres to the northeast of the Huckleberry Mine. So you've got roads, power, everything you need to, to run through the property. So, you know, it ticks all of my boxes, Trevor. Uh, you know, size of the prize, very big porphyry. There's already 300 million tonnes of porphyry material there at reasonable grade. Um, cost of the test access, very, very straightforward, given that you've got road access through the property and power running through the property. And then chance of success, again, very, very good. Um, initial explorers immediately made a porphyry discovery and we think there's a lot more mineralisation to be to be drilled there. And who knows what sort of grade you're going to get. Of course, just to the north of us now, you've got um, American Eagle has drilled some really good-looking uh, porphyry rocks there and hit, I think they reported a, a while back, a couple of weeks ago, uh, 600 metres at about 0.9% copper, including 300 metres at 1.2% copper equivalent there on their pro project to the north of us so we know again that these um these porphyry systems can carry very good grade and we'll be out there looking for that grade typical sort of inventor capital deal though the value of what we're acquiring here um certainly more than underpins the acquisition price of 2.3 million dollars worth of stock in the company yeah uh so you're up to about a half a dozen projects within this visla copper portfolio uh, so a little bit of a balancing act as you move into the, you know, expiration season into the spring and into the summer. So talk about how the popular project kind of fits into the strategy for 2024. Are you looking to get back on the ground with the drill result or, with drills or are you looking to do a little bit still earlier expiration, maybe start from square one? Yeah, let, let's go through all of that. Um, you know, this project, we, it'll take us a little bit of time. We've done a lot of due diligence. Uh, rebuilt our own resource model there. Um, we need to look at, at, at seriously at the exploration targets that um, uh, that Universal have generated, and I think some of those look pretty darn attractive. Particularly to the south, there's a, a place there called Copper Pond, uh, a target uh, in the Copper Pond area, which is sort of a fair hint that there might be some copper down there, Trevor. Um, so we're excited to have a look at those. We've got a bit more work to do there, though. But so you know, this is a little bit. This strategy is a little bit like what we did at ISO Energy. You know, when we started ISO back in 2015-16, we managed to go from a couple of postage stamps which we acquired off Next Gen Energy when I was there um, in the Athabasca Basin, postage stamp size exploration licenses, to building up the third biggest independent land package in the Athabasca Basin. We discovered Hurricane, but we'd started vending off some of those projects so that, that it would allow the company to become self-sustaining without having to raise capital from external, uh, for, from um, other capital providers by on-selling those projects in a better market. Well, that's a little bit on 
uh, what we're doing here, you know, a little bit like what we're doing here. Um, it's a straw hats in winter type approach. You know, I think that this project, when copper hits um, 20 or $30 a pound, like I've sort of on record as saying is it might, you know, something like this will have real value to one of the majors or, a, you know, a mid-tier company. So it allows us to look at all sorts of opportunities for, for farming out projects and allowing people to come in and explore. But in the meantime, we'll be doing, you know, our, our excellent geological team will be doing some exploration work on the property to work out where we go and what we do next. Um, we've got that resource base that underpins the value of the acquisition, more than underpins the value of the acquisition. Um, you know, it's such a bargain at $2.3 million. Um, and But the primary focus for us will remain those wood jam projects, particularly at um, uh, Megaton, where we've made this porphyry discovery in the last round of drilling we've done, following up those high-grade uh, hits that have been drilled in the past, you know, 110 metres at 2.6% copper equivalent there at Megabuck and yeah. Dearhorn, uh, and then looking at studies on the uh, southeast zone, which is a larger resource and, and which is... Um, uh, you know, good grade, and, and we think that there will be a project within that. So, Wood Jam remains the focus. I'm also very excited about that Copper View project that we've got down mm. there just to the north of uh, Kodiak Copper. So, we'll be looking at what we do that this uh, with that this drill season. Okay. Uh, I, I do want to kind of switch gears here, and because I did get a chance to pick your brain. Uh, while I was at the Roundup conference, but when I was there two weeks, or I don't, when was it, three weeks ago? I can't remember. Time flies. Uh, but we did get the uh, the province of British Columbia published their phase one critical minerals strategy, and obviously uh, explorers are <laughs> uh, are going to be affected some way or another here uh, with, with, with whatever strategy follows up during phase two. We, we're still yet to understand quite that was but looking at phase one uh just kind of curious to get your initial thoughts on you know that uh i, I guess what that strategy says you had initial ideas how it's going to benefit uh companies such as visa copper how it might make things challenging for visa copper just general thoughts on what you saw yeah look at i i think you know governments around the world and in canada particularly are, are, are trying to figure out the best way to encourage uh, exploration and development for these critical minerals. I think, um, you know, at the moment we've had no problem getting access to wood jam, for example, and advancing that project. Uh, there are a few challenges emerging. Of course, I'm the lead director of Skeena, uh, and we've, we've found that the government has been very slow to move ahead with permitting in recent times, although we understand that they're looking to try and fix that. Um, all importantly, winning First Nations support, and certainly at Skeena, we've got the Taltan very much on side. They're shareholders in the company um, and great supporters of the project. The original SK Creek mine, of course, was built by uh, by the Taltan. Um, you know, a lot of people worked on that project from the Taltan First Nation. So winning, what we're learning is certainly winning First Nation support uh, and going hand in hand to the government to get projects developed is probably the optimal pathway, necessary pathway. You must partner with First Nations groups now. There's no way of getting around that, and it's the right thing to do. Um, so, uh, and and then governments, you know, moving towards encouraging exploration for you know, critical minerals is, is, is strong. I think we've got to see a lot more out of the NDP government here. Uh, there's been some bad press recently about, um, you, you know, uh, rights of veto over uh, 
well, crown land across the province. That that's concerning, and I think we have to look at, you know, how do we shut that down, and we'll, we'll continue to do that over in due course. I think the good thing about it is that governments do come and go, and these things can be reversed or improved upon. I think we'll see some of that happen in Canada over the next couple of years. But to my mind, British Columbia is still the ideal place to build projects. It's uh, incredibly well endowed mineral terrain, um, and uh, <clears throat> and Canada, you know, has an opportunity to become self-sustaining in critical minerals, and um, and that's yeah. what we'll be helping them. Okay, uh, one last question for you. Uh, some well-known peers of yours, uh, Frank Justra, Pierre Lassonde wrote in uh, uh, an opinion piece <laughs> uh, last week, two weeks ago, regarding uh, the lack of uh, pension invest- pension fund investment into Canada's resource sector. Uh, love to get your thought as an Australian who comes from an industry, from another jurisdiction where a lot of institutional funds love investing in natural resources. Uh, your take here and, and whether you agreed, disagreed uh, with those two, uh, obviously, uh, close acquaintances of yours. Yeah, look, uh, you, you know, they're, they're fantastic champions of our industry. And I think it was a timely piece and a timely message. Uh, you, you know, as you say, I'm an Australian Canadian, proud Canadian, proud Australian. Um, I've seen both sides of the coin. I suppose Australia shot itself in the foot by not having uh, or moving towards flow through financing of projects. But then you've had this lithium boom and a lot of pension funds in Australia. Uh, of course, we have the the advantage in Australia that uh, every employee, every income earner in Australia must pay 10% of their earnings into a superannuation fund so you end up with these very big pools of capital um in the past they haven't been mandated to invest in natural resources i don't think that mandate's in place now either it's just that they do allocate some of their capital to uh risk markets including mining and exploration and that's been fortunate you know that massive pool of capital has grown through the lithium boom over the past few years some of these funds have done very very well out of that and continue to deploy capital into exploration and mining um you know canada could certainly do very well from that of course we've got the flow through tax side of things in place uh and that's good but capital sort of really dried up in our market a lot over the last couple of years partly because of the poor returns i think that we've delivered as a sector um, partly because of lack of interest in the sector, and I think you know we need to, a few things there to change. We need to see, you know, capital generally flow back into the sector in Canada, um, and certainly, you know, mandating or encouraging, um, you know, investment funds uh, is to to invest in the sector. In the particularly critical minerals is so very important. I can give you one example, Trevor, of um, a, an anomalous situation. I won't name the funds involved. But one of the major pension funds uh, in Ontario, um, you know, is one of the primary investors of one of our Brazilian investors in Vizsla Silver, for example. Um, so rather than doing the work and investing through uh, investing through a Canadian fund or company, this large pension fund is investing in a Brazilian hedge fund that then invests its money back into a company. <laughs> so it's entirely absurd. Um, you know, there is a big pool of capital out there that can support this, um, uh, you know, support 
exploration mining development mining in the country but you're just not seeing it enough now so i think it's a timely piece very well expressed uh opinion and view and and i'm fully behind what uh, pierre and frank had to say all right right. craig thanks so much for your time man good on you it's always, it's always fun chatting with you, and uh, we'll be obviously paying attention closely to all the exploration results here this spring and summer uh, from Visa Copper and your uh, half dozen projects. you got a lot going on, man. Uh, Visa Copper trades on the venture with VCU and on the OTCQB with VCUFF. They are a partner of the podcast, and uh, we'll be back here shortly. Fantastic, mate. Thank you. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.